I was trying to be cool, and I was hoping people would think I looked like Sting, even though I really looked like just some idiotic 18-year-old with a mustache. I know. I gotta go out and run around in my dad's field trying to chase fireflies. That, my friend, is Batman suit. Hey, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in my garage under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport. How have you been? It's been a while. When I was in high school, I liked girls. And one of the best dates that I went on in the 12th grade was with my friend Jeff. See, my idea of a date was to flirt around with a girl in school enough to get a, enough information from her that I could slide it into conversations, make it seem like I was really interested. And then we would, uh, you know, get together in my uh, vehicle. I had a 1978 Toyota Celica GT liftback in silver. The closest thing to a sports car that I could imagine driving. And let's face it, it was the closest thing to a sports car that I had at my disposal. It was either that or borrow my dad's uh, Regency 98 Oldsmobile, and that wasn't going to happen until prom night. But my idea of a good date was to go find this, you know, pick her up at work or at house or school or whatever, and then drive around a little bit in my Toyota 78, Jellica GT, whatever. And hopefully at some point during the evening making out would ensue. We never went anywhere. We never, like, this is high school. We didn't go out to dinner or to a movie. Did I ever take a movie? A girl to a movie in high school? I don't think so. But there was this one point in my senior year where I was unentangled. And apparently so was my friend Jeff. And the story is not going where you think it's going. Jeff uh, had been flirting around in lunchtime in the cafeteria with this girl, uh, Jenny. Jenny, the one that wore glasses. Now, not that many chicks that we knew when we were seniors wore glasses, but there was something about little blonde Jenny. She could really pull off these glasses. And they weren't even particularly 1980s glasses, but for some reason on little blonde Jenny, they just worked. So somehow one of us somehow arranged for us to have a double date. Jeff and Jenny and me and Jenny's friend Cece. Now Cece was an absolutely adorable blonde, much taller than Jenny, no glasses. Very all-American girl, very uh, spunky, very happy, very smiley, not typically my type. My type is the sort of semi-angry, raven-haired young woman. I know, the description, it required another adjective there, but I, in hopes of not becoming entangled in some sort of horrible conversation with a, a former loved one or my wife, I thought I would just, you know what, let's leave that extra adjective to your imagination. 
So I thought this was great. We were going to go out with Jenny and Cece. And the good thing about Cece, and I hate to say this, but it is true. Cece was the younger sister of the most popular girl in school when I was in the seventh grade. One of those girls that's an absolute legend. You know how you're in seventh grade and the ninth graders seem like celebrities? Well, her sister was that celebrity. And Cece was her sister. Do you see how this works? This is all an awesome idea. Now, somehow it was decided that Jeff would drive. Even though 99 times out of 100, whenever I did anything, I drove. And maybe it's because a bunch of my other friends didn't have cars or something, but I just seemed to always, once I got my license and I had fairly free access to the Celica liftback, that was my thing, is I drove. But that night, Jeff drove. His gigantic 19, I don't even have a clue, Pontiac Grand Prix. Now, a Pontiac Grand Prix is a big American car. It is not a tiny Japanese liftback. A Grand Prix 19 whatever whatever, I don't even know, 69? I have no idea what year this car was. It was huge, huge and white. But Jeff decided he was going to drive, and I thought that was a good idea. Lots of room in his car. We don't know what's going to happen with Jenny and Cece. So maybe the Grand Prix is the way to go. So we're driving around in Jeff's Grand Prix. Big car, big engine, big American engine. I don't even remember what we did. I think it's typical, right? We grew up in kind of a suburban, rural sort of area. We probably, honestly, drove up and down Turk Hill Road. Decided against going to Eastview Mall. Went back up Turk Hill Road. We drove around. We went around a little bit on Route 31. Maybe we went up Loud Road. And at some point, it was decided that we would go to my house. And I don't know why. And maybe this was such... Maybe this was early spring. It had to be early spring. Maybe it was late in the school year. For some reason, my memory always says that it was early in the school year, but it must have been late in the school year because it was warm out. And so we went to my house. Now, my house... uh, We had a, a field. We had a field and we had a barn and we had acreage. This is in Rochester, New York. So we had acreage. My dad had a very good white collar job at the big corporation that no longer sells film. And so we had this big house. We did. I was very lucky. We had a big house with a big front yard and then the big house. And then behind the big house was fields. And there was this barn. And the next thing I know, and again, I must have agreed to this because it was my house. And I'm not saying I didn't agree to it. I'm not saying Jeff coaxed me into anything. But I am saying the next thing I know, we're driving up my driveway, past the house, down the little hill, around the side of the barn. And we're parking the Grand Prix in my dad's field. Okay. Is this where we're gonna, you know... Put on the music. Start, you know, dishing out the information that we've been compiling in the cafeteria for a couple of months. Oh, Cece. I remember seeing you at the beginning of the year. 
how you used to fork your tater tots. Oh, don't think I didn't notice, girl. You like tater tots, don't you? Because that's how it would work, right? You put on some music. You let your voice get real low. And you talk about, who do you have this year for social studies? Oh, I had her. Man, she was a fool. But that's not what happened. We didn't put on the slow jams on WDKX. We didn't. There was no Rick James, Tina Marie duet playing on the cassette player. No. Jeff pulls into my dad's field and puts the car in park and then jumps out and encourages Jenny to come with him and start chasing fireflies around. Cece thinks this is a pretty good idea and she jumps out of the car too and then they're all running around looking for fireflies. So now what do I got to do? I got to go out and run around in my dad's field trying to chase fireflies when we're supposed to be in the backseat of the Grand Prix listening to some slow jams on WDKX. Because that's how you do it. That's how you're cool and make out with girls. I had worked on my hair for 45 minutes. I wasn't really expecting to be running around in my own backyard. But that's what we did. And then when we got tired, we all just kind of sat on the hood of Jeff's car. And the radio was on. And the sounds were on. There were a lot of sounds in those days. These days there's sounds too. There's airplanes and traffic and sirens. I still drive a hatchback to and from school. I still try to be cool when I'm driving around in my hatchback. I still listen to slow jams. But they're all digital files now. But that night wasn't about being cool. That night was about being. Being in the moment. It was about just hanging out with two cool blonde girls. And sitting on the Grand Prix and listening to the music and watching the fireflies and listening. And just being. But that wasn't my forte. My forte was being uptight and trying to be cool. And the reason I was so uptight is because I was trying to be cool. Because the truth is, I wasn't that cool. But I was trying to be cool. And if you would just stop interrupting me from being cool, you would probably see that I was cool. And see, Jeff had thought I was cool. Until he started to hang out with me a little more senior year. And then he realized that that was all veneer that was just feathered hair and WDKX and the Celica 
And I still haven't forgiven him. There was this one night where I was in my car with one of our other friends, and he was in his car with one of our other friends, not the same friend, another, another friend. Do you understand what I mean? There are four of us. I'm in a car with one friend. He's in a car with another. They're behind me. I'm in front of them in traffic at a stoplight. I'm in the Celica, and Jeff's in the Grand Prix. And he pulls the Grand Prix up to my bumper and then starts pushing on my car with his Grand Prix. And he is laughing. I can see him, him and our other friend, Brom. They're laughing and laughing. They think it's hysterical. And I'm getting angry because I'm trying to be cool. I'm probably trying to be cool to impress the friend that's in my car, but he's pushing me out into the intersection, man. And I still haven't forgiven you for that, Jeff. I know what you were trying to do. You were trying to have fun. And I was trying to be cool. And trying to be cool is not fun, man. It's hard work. You got it? I think that might have been the night that I got my first nickname. I'd always wanted a nickname. Because I thought, you know what? Nicknames are cool. I want to be cool. Cool guys have nicknames. Maybe someday somebody will give me a cool nickname. The nickname that you'd give like a a fighter pilot or a secret agent or a cowboy at least, something, some kind of cool nickname. And I think it was actually that night, the night that I got so mad at Jeff for pushing my car towards the, and I didn't go in the intersection. You understand? He was really just nudging my car a little bit because he knew it would upset me because he knew I was trying to be cool and not having fun, that I wasn't just relaxing and being myself. And he gave me a nickname that night. You know what the nickname was? Spot. My nickname was Spot. That is the nickname that Jeff gave me. Not because I wear clothes with polka dots or because I resemble some dog that we all know whose name is also Spot. No. He called me Spot. As in... Are you beginning to spot? Because you sure seem like it's that time of the month. See, Jeff didn't care. He didn't care that I was trying to be cool. He didn't care that I was probably battling some sort of low blood sugar situation because, you know what, being cool is very taxing on your system and it probably actually, right, releases additional insulin into your system, probably, right, creating some sort of hypoglycemic situation in my brain. That's why I was being so bitchy, Jeff, while you're just having fun like a normal person. And I guess I was being spotty, too. Uh, you know what? The the day... Okay. See, I didn't get much sleep the night before we all went to the police concert. There was a police... You know the police? There was a concert by the police that we were all going to go to. And I don't know if they all slept over at my house or whatever. I just don't think we got much sleep. And so the next day, maybe I was being a little crabby. And I think to kind of wake me up and snap me out of it, Jeff took the floor mats out of the Celica and threw them on the roof. And Jeff, you know what? I haven't forgiven you for that either. You think I don't remember these things, but I do. 
I was trying to be cool, and I was hoping people would think I looked like Sting, even though I really looked like just some idiotic 18-year-old with a mustache. I know, but I was trying to look be and be like Sting from the police, and you guys were probably laughing before I had a chance to uh, finish my hair, and then you had to throw my floor mats really on the roof. Now, retrieving the floor mats in his defense. Retrieving the floor mats really only meant that I had to go in the house, upstairs, into my sister's room, open her window, step out onto the roof, which I'd done really honestly about two or three hundred times before, get them, throw them back down, which is pretty much what I did, and go back into the house. Okay, granted, maybe I shouldn't have gotten that upset, but listen, I was hungry, and I hadn't slept. And Jeff, just because you're trying to have fun and get me to be in the moment, that doesn't mean that you should try to get me into the moment, so I'll have fun. That's not fair. Years later, Jeff drove me around. I was back home for a reunion. I think we'd been out of high school for 20 years. And I don't even remember which day it was, but I didn't have a car. I didn't have a rental car. And Jeff didn't have the Grand Prix, but he came and I think he even picked me up at the airport. And intermittently over that weekend, he would pick me up and we would drive around. And I think we'd even gone to the mall. And the mall, as you can imagine, in 20 years, has changed quite a bit. They've added on to the back. And Sibley's is no longer there, and they moved the Friendly's, and this is different, this is different. We searched that mall for something I recognized for about an hour. And we finally found it. There were a few tiles. I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's true. There were a few tiles in some... It wasn't even the hallway. I think it, I think it might have been like a little sub-hallway or something down at the end of the mall where the... Uh, I think it's where Sibley's used to be. I was thinking of McCurdy's, but it was Sibley's down the Sibley's end. There might have been just a little something. And we drove around and we talked about Batman soup. See, we would go to Friendly's. You know, Friendly's. Brahm and Jeff and I would go to Friendly's. And maybe they did this because they had been friends for years. Maybe they had done this for years and I didn't know. And but then when I joined them, we would go to Friendly's. And we were 18, and that was the one place where I didn't care. It was, there is no, you cannot be cool in friendlies because what you need to do is you need to go into friendlies. And if I was near a friendlies, I would go right now. Now, I would go right now, and this is what I would do because this is what we used to do. This is Batman soup. I think Jeff invented this. This is copyrighted. His, his family owns this. So you can't, do you understand? And Warner Brothers, relax. You go to friendlies. And you get a Jim Dandy. And you get it with whatever ice cream you want. You probably should have, because I think it had banana. You got to have the bananas. But you have it with any ice cream you want. It doesn't really matter. It all works. So you have it. You eat, you know, maybe two-thirds of it. But then you have to let the last third melt. And the reason you do this is because that, my friend, is Batman soup. So he was driving me around, and I didn't know where else we should go. And maybe I told him this earlier or whatever, but I guess I had it in my head that I wanted to go to this place in Rochester called the House of Guitars. Now, I don't know why. 
I think I'd only been there a couple of times. I really have no emotional connection with house guitars. I just think I was so overloaded with seeing people in places that I did have emotional connections with that I needed to go somewhere that I just didn't. You know what I mean? It was just sort of, I needed a rest. And so for some reason, some irrational Dan reason, we ended up at the House of Guitars. But before we could go into the House of Guitars, I had to eat. Because as you know, I need to eat all the time because of my hypoglycemia and my spotting. So, we went, I think, to a place right next to the House of Guitars that maybe sells hot dogs. And we got a hot dog or a hamburger, whatever, probably in a red rubber basket with fries and a drink. You understand? And I couldn't tell if it was 2002 or 1982. But we were eating away, talking about, you know, current things, what, what the families were doing or what classmates had what jobs in the area. And then we're in the middle of the conversation and Jeff just stops. And he stops me. He puts up his hands. He's like, like directing traffic almost. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? And he says, you and I are having lunch together. We're eating hamburgers and hot dogs in the place next to the house of guitars 20 years after we got out of high school. And I think that's really cool. And I just want to register that. I just want to, this is cool. I'm sitting here, Jeff Newland, with my friend, Dan Class, and here we are, 20 years later, uh, having some sodas uh, next door to the House of Guitars. And I said, yeah, that's pretty cool. But he was right. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool that 20 years later we could still just sit on the hood of his car and be. And that was one of the gifts that he gave to me was that. And we all know it. It's nothing new. But Jeff would do that. Jeff would do that. I think he did that when he came here to record one of these podcasts. He was always very aware of the moment and who he was with. And it always seemed to have significance to him that you were with him and that he was very aware that you were with him. And for that, Jeff, I always thank you. Always. But leave the floor mats alone. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's 